Uh, so uh, this movie is um, like some- cats. Sorry, <laughs> but good, but good. Uh, Everything's better than cats. It's okay. <laughs> horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but prefer the classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final final girl. Hey everybody, so uh, we have a promotion from Aero Video that we're really excited to share with you all. Aero Video has a streaming service, they also do Blu-rays in the UK and the US with really, really cool cult and horror titles. So you can get 50% off your first three months on Aero with the code HMSGARO, all one word. If you sign up today, you can get a full 30-day free trial and then your first three months after that will be half price. So this offer is valid to brand new subscribers and can be only redeemed online at aero-player.com terms and conditions apply. We're super, super excited to be uh, having this promotion with Arrow because they have really cool films on their site and we hope that this will help you find them out. Alrighty. Thanks, guys. Hey, Disco Citizens. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I am Julia. And I'm Terry. And this week we are talking about 1970s 8's The Toolbox Murders. Title of this episode is It's an Ugly World. Tagline for this movie... What he does to your nerves is almost as frightening as what he does to his victims. I mean, bum, this bum, is bum. this is really the kind of tagline I expect from this kind of film, and I so I'm like, it fits exactly. This is what 100%. I want. Hundred percent. Yeah. This it's like you're getting exactly what you ask for. I think in this, and a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, doing a round from uh, of movies that are coming out on Arrow Video on the streaming service. They are all incredibly cool cult films, and we've seen none of them. So it's like a whole new world opening before us. A whole new world. Oh, do we have rights to that? No, we don't. So I won't sing any more of that. <laughs> I was uh, hoping you were so going to sing it, though. Uh, so Aww. this, this, <laughs> this uh, movie is based on a story by Robert Easter, who also contributed to the screenplay also co-written by Neva Friedan and Anne Kinberg. And this was directed by Dennis Donnelly. This is Dennis Donnelly's only film, although he's done a lot of TV. Oh, okay. Um, well, good. Good that he and, kept working doing TV, but yeah. it's a shame he didn't do more movies. This movie's no, crazy. It is. Um, this movie also stars uh, Cameron Mitchell, who is uh, yeah, a big time movie star with so many credits under his belt. Also, Pamela Ferdin, who you probably know as the voice of many uh, cartoons, including Fern in Charlotte's Web, Sally in Cats in the Hat, the OG Charlie Brown. She has done a ton of voiceover My work. mouth is, jaw is dropped wide open. What... That's, I read I read about that before I watched this movie, and then I heard her voice. I was like, "Yep, I can hear it in there. I really oh can." Oh my god! Now I need to go back and watch again. <laughs> Holy goodness, that is very cool. And yes, she does have that very like kind of iconic, that very sweet voice. Like when she's on the phone and everything, mm-hmm. too, you get to hear her using that 
She, now I got to go back face, and watch Charlotte's face, Web right now. It even mm-hmm. looks like Fern a little bit. Like her face, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, if she was younger, I could totally see that as well. Yeah, um, they modeled I would, her. I would just like to say that I played Fern once in a stage production of Charlotte's Web. So, you know. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> Not surprised by any means. <laughs> it featured a lot of people in full body, like animal costumes. It was pretty great. Uh, so uh, this movie is... um Like sub- cats? Sorry. <laughs> but good. But good. Uh, everything's better than cats it's okay (laughs) (laughs) uh so i guess when i when i you know i'd heard of this film of course and when i hear the title i think of incredibly schlocky and very low budget and very mm, iffy and i don't feel like this movie is this movie is any of those things like this movie is actually really artistic and very unusual in its editing and music styles and choices for a horror film um and all the performances are great and it's not schlocky at all so i was like yeah all right color me surprised yeah the editing really makes a difference and i feel like just from the opening shots alone and the flashes and the and the kind of style choices it's because it has style yes you can do a movie cheap but if if you don't have any style i feel like then it's going to be lacking but this movie has a lot of really cool um cut twos and cutaways and back and forth kind of messing with the timeline because you're wondering what exactly is being foreshadowed or what mm-hmm. happens at the beginning and i think it's done really beautiful beautifully <laughs> it is and and honestly the editing is so surprising in the beginning that i feel like i was thrown out for a bit i was like oh wait i don't know what's happening where are we like what are, what are we cutting from what are we cutting to whose perspective is this and now we don't know any of it and i was like great well i feel unsettled from the beginning so you're winning as a horror movie uh, already Absolutely. And you're also getting that weird, like as somebody's driving around, you're getting like weird radio background and you can't quite make out what the radio is trying to tell you. You're getting a little bit like, oh, something bad is going on maybe, or like the foreshadowing of something bad. And so um, that also adds to that like immediate tension. I'm always curious how people create tension in a movie because I'm like so anti-tension. Like my brain doesn't go there when I'm like trying to make art. So I make a lot of comedy, Um, but still you still need tension. And uh, it does such a nice job, like you said, of of setting setting you off with the strangeness of of the cuts and then the radio. And then we see a car accident. And also, I was also like, oh my God, this is all in the valley, guys. Um, (laughs) So clearly. So much so much San Fernando Valley. If you live in LA or have been in the Valley, it's it's so recognizable from the car dealership that they go by, that they're driving by to like the road signs. So I got very excited thinking, oh my goodness, I was just driving down there the other day. Uh-huh. I know this area well. Oh no. So there is a car crash that we see a dead girl, a blonde girl who um, is taken to the hospital. We see her on the gurney. Uh, but we don't know who's watching. It, it seems like a flashback, but not really clear again. So uh, then we cut to present day. So we have a, so this is from a killer's point of view. So we don't see, we haven't seen who the killer is yet. And so this turns out to be, we see this drunk housewife who recognizes him. So like, okay, this is somebody that she knows. And she's like, oh, what are you doing here? You're late. You're supposed to be here a couple of days ago. And so like, okay, some sort of handyman. Handyman, because he's got a toolbox. Like we talked about title of the, of, of the movie right here. You see a toolbox. I was like, uh-oh his murderer right at the beginning and right? good for them for like turning a very innocuous object into something scary because now i'm like oh yeah toolboxes are terrifying if you think about it that way they've always been terrifying that's like so many okay the amount of people who work in like construction who know a guy who got hurt at work or lost an appendage of some sort is pretty high i mean that's like just part of like construction that's what you do sure right? but you think about like the tool a toolbox really is just a box full of murder weapons if you want it to be 
you know, and like yeah. I never really thought about that. And I was like, oh yeah, pretty much all those tools you could really kill somebody with if you wanted to. And we're going to see a lot of those murders today. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, and I like, I like the beginning too, as well as he's walking into the building and um, there's like a flash to like a funeral and he crumples these flowers that look like they were at a funeral as well. And so it's like this little foreshadowing of like, Ooh, he's like even messing with like funeral flowers. Like this guy's ruthless somehow. Or maybe it was a funeral of somebody connected to him. I'm wondering why those flowers are in that hallway. So anyway, uh, so he, the building. Mm -hmm. we have uh, this drunk housewife who is very unfortunately about to get killed real bad with a drill attachment, which is some sort of paint mixer attachment or something. It looks like it's worse than an actual real just plain, plain old drill bit. Like there's a, a bit on the I end. I think it's like, actually one of those ones that like you're supposed to like when you're trying to like either get through like maybe cinder block or concrete. Fuck. It looks like it's one for like a heavier duty. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's so bad. It's got some got some teeth to it. You know, it's got a, like a three prong like action to it. So it can do some severe damage and open up a big old hole. Sure. So and, I mean, she's trying to run, but she's drunk and she like barricades herself in a bathroom. And I was like, oh, but he's going to get in there because he's got a drill. He's got tools and he gets right on through in there. And yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and they, I, I got to give uh, credit to this movie because they don't cut away from anything. Like they really show you everything. Like you want to see someone get murdered. Here's the murder like going on for a while. And I love the juxtaposition. They have country music playing during almost every kill in this movie, like really mellow, nice country that shouldn't be in this scene at it's all. All sweet music. It's like a Belle and Sebastian song where it sounds all <laughs> sweet, but bad things are happening. Under if you listen to the lyrics, um, everything has got that vibe. But he turns up the music each time that he's going in for these kills. So everybody's turning on their hi-fis, yes. <laughs> their radios, their record players. So it's yes. it's really bloody and gory. And I, I would like to mention that this movie is a infamous video nasty uh, and you can see why, because you're like, wow, yes, I can see how the British would be like, no, 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 thanks. Uh, I was just looking at the list of video nasties, by the way, and was very surprised. Uh, Night of Living Dead's on there. Uh, Martin is on there. Uh, that final, makes sense. Final exams on there. And I was like, what? Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's not gory really at all. I don't Somebody understand. Somebody did something. There's something in there that like pissed off the wrong person. It's kind of like the same with like the MPA here in America. It's yeah. like there's certain stuff you're just like, oh, we saw we saw a penis. It shall all it shall be rated NC-17. Right. Do you know what I mean though? Like it's just like, but you can show as much, you know, everything else on a lady if as you want. It's just like. Sure. Honestly, it's just not equal. You like can't. a gay kiss. So sorry. Now it is R. Right. Like it's like. <laughs> you can't ban radish. I mean, can't happen. But now. It's been done. It's been done. Yeah. But now he is free again to be seen. So yeah. uh, he puts on, we, we do see our killer. He puts on the ski mask. We, we see the killer. Don't see the killer's face. We see him put a ski mask on. So mm -hmm. after the murder seems okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah. so, and, we, and then we get a uh, a young girl who's gonna go gonna go shower. So this was like, there's three yeah, murders in this back to back so fucking quick. Like they, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that's like, you want murder? Here's three of them back to back in the first fifteen minutes. No talking for like twelve minutes either. Really, it's like and barely a nary a scream too because it's like they just look in shock and horror at him and they kind of like open mouth like real back like. <gasps> you know, a little bit, but they don't actually like scream, scream either. So it's like really unsettling. Like I was like, is it going to be this the whole movie? I was a little bit worried, honestly, by like kill three. 
because it does happen real fast. So this girl, she gets home, turns on the radio. Again, we got more music. Yeah, I thought it, I, her clothes. I thought it might be like a like a Ted Bundy style thing where he's like yeah. literally just going to go through and kill people like the entire time. Yeah, yeah, girl. And you're like, this is one of the most confusing shower sequences I've ever seen, right? We have clothes a girl. on, clothes off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to take a shower, but wait, there's a dress in my shower, but wait, let me take my clothes off, but wait, let me put a shirt on. And I was like, wait, what? I thought you were taking like, a shower. She skipped the shower because she's like, oh, I guess I, I'm hanging that to like dry. But it was like a, it was obviously like a little jump scare moment too, because it looks like there was, he was hiding in the shower the way they right. had the the dress hanging up in the shower, but it wasn't actually him hiding in the shower. He's going to come in just through the front door because he can. Right. Because um, he's got tools to get into people's places. Um, and it's I, funny because like she puts her shower cap on too. Like yeah. it's a whole. I don't, like, I don't know. If they, they're like. We're like, we have to get her naked. How do we get her naked? Well, we just to get her naked for a little bit. Then we can put the thing back on. Okay, okay. Like, there was had to be like some sort of contractual nudity that I don't know what was going on. Very but random. It was like the, the most, most unrealistic t- moment in the movie. It was. Hey, and it's- like <laughs> the craziest shower tease I've ever seen. <laughs> just fucking shower, man. Yeah, it was so weird. But anyway, she gets dressed and decides to like walk in the living room instead. You're like, okay. <laughs> and uh, man, like he just kind of. You just punch a lady in the face and she's kind of down and out. And then uh, he's going to- Oh, gonna wait, hold on. Because she had a package at the door. That's what it was. I was like, why did she go outside? She's like, comes back and gets a package at the door. We go on. Yes. Yes. And he comes in. He just grabs her. getting and, the package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just punch in, in into the into the room uh, and then decides to use the claw side of the hammer because that's the kind of sicko he is. Gory. Because that's what's going to do the damage. And so then we have her sweet, her sweet, friendly neighbor who's just going to come on in and be like, hey, what's going on? Oh, my God. And then (laughs) you're sorry. You're victim number three. Sorry, lady. Goodness. That's that's what happens. And so, yeah, you just the the kills, the kills go on right back to back to back. She gets a uh, screwdriver as her her weapon of sadness. And I I got to say, this impressed me. I was like, man, three right off the bat. I kind of into it. Keep going. What do you got, movie? Let's. I'm. And intrigued. I was also fascinated because he used a different tool each time. Because sometimes I feel like a lot of like you know slash or whatever, it's like the same implement or the same type of murder weapon gets used over and over. But nah, nah, nah. This guy's yeah. like, I have a full toolbox. I shall use all the tools in the box to make these murders. Yeah. So, um, uh, so we to find out he's basically just going around trying doors, and so like he just goes to the next one, and tries the door, and there's like a dude in the next one with a girl, and he's like, nope closes the door just looking for Don't single ladies with that yeah and they uh, didn't even notice because they're you know having like a little like flirty flirty time and then they also pan to all the other windows in this apartment complex so you get he's targeting just people in this complex specifically too um and you see like you know one late girl on the phone she's closing her window you know because she's trying to talk and listen then you see another girl open hers more and she is got just her lingerie and she's just sexy dancing in front of the window i was like really lady unrealistic moment number two <laughs> besides you don't the, just like uh you know get your lingerie on then dance in front of your window so that your neighbors can see you know not yet but maybe yet. maybe later this week or maybe tonight i don't know i could do it yeah well yeah, I mean, no we, we could do, no no lady has ever done that unless you work in amsterdam right uh, so, and yeah. it's like uh, unless it's a red light window right yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so it's the neighbors uh, come in and find uh, the bodies of the two young girls and there's, uh, you know, general pandemonium. So it seems to me as a killer, like I understand the the, the safety and comfort of, of targeting one apartment complex, but also you're kind of setting yourself up to get caught. you got to spread that shiz out, right? You can't, 
you can't all do it at the same place. No, of course not. And then you're also leaving just so many clues each place, right? Because if you do that, you're leaving more evidence and more evidence. I know we're not in the in the DNA evidence era here, but you're still leaving very big, good clues, especially the different types of tools that you're using and stuff too. So, so uh, yeah. Then we are introduced to our final girl of sorts, uh, Miss Lori and her brother, Joey. And uh, I mean, Pamela, Pamela is the cutest thing. She's so cute. And she's so 70s final girl. It makes me so like just from the beginning, like, oh, hi, there you are. Oh, yeah, like beautifully coiffed, like sweet little like mini Farrah Fawcett, like blonde, you know, hair. Um, she looks like the sweetest, squeaky, squeakiest, cleanest, like girl next door girl that you could ever find, you know, and her brother's just like a groovy dude who probably parties too much and is definitely held to a different standard of mm-hmm. like, you know, the boys need to stay, you know, can have fun, but the girls need to stay pure and sweet and innocent. And they have got that dichotomy down. Um, she helps cover for him all the time. We find out their mom also works like, I guess, late nights because she's exhausted in the morning. And like, so we find out later she works at a bar. Um, and so Pamela and this little sweet, sweet Lori um, does all the like helps with the cooking around the house and helps with everything and mm-hmm. is doing her homework. So you see she's studious. She's good. She's great. So you know that she's got to hopefully survive this movie because so far. Yes. <laughs> she yes. seems like the sweetest one. <laughs> uh, and they have a really cute brother-sister relationship. Um, and I wasn't sure when we first met the mom if she was hungover or she was drunk or or just or just exhausted. Like I didn't know what the deal was with her and still really not clear. But let's talk about uh, a redhead gorgeous lady taking a bubble bath and, and maybe uh, enjoying herself a bit in that bubble bath. I don't think there's a maybe about that, Julia. Uh, a, she's definitely enjoying herself in this bubble bath. She is the sexy lady from the window the other day. So, you know, she's got a habit of like feeling herself, feeling herself, feeling herself um, and feeling good about herself. Um, she uh, is having a very good bath and she looks like she's also like fully makeup, like gorgeous, like oh, yeah. not actually washing her face. So like you get to see how gorgeous she is with her like full face of makeup and like perfect little redhead bobbed hair. Well, she is, this is Kelly Nichols and she was a penthouse pet of the month. So I think you can tell okay. you're like, yes, not that she, you know, because she just looks stunning. She's just, you know, this very beautiful, very sexy, clearly very okay with her body and like the way she looks. Oh yeah. And then like, I mean, there's like a poster of her on the wall, which I'm yeah. guessing maybe it's probably from her real, like photo shoots and stuff like that from before of her just like sexy on the wall and just like wow she has a den of iniquity this woman and I like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so our killer breaks in uh just as she and catches her masturbating in the bath but like waits for her to come because she she's not paying attention she her eyes are closed she's in another world and he's just like okay I'm just gonna wait for her to come and as she's coming then I'm gonna nail gun right then and I'm like uh such an asshole (laughs) At least you let her finish. That's very true. That's very true. Very she could have that last moment of ecstasy before she leaves this earth. So uh, it's pretty bad. And then just the way he walked in there like that was just, ugh. Yeah. And standing because you just panned to his shoes, you know, then back to her, down to his shoes, back to her. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh no. We oh, see what's no. coming. Mm-hmm. So they have a bit of a chase around the apartment. She's totally naked, of course. Uh, they end up going into the bedroom, and she, because she, she's pleading with him to, to you know, put put the gun, nail gun down. Uh, I'll do whatever you want. And so he's like, "Oh, do whatever I want, huh?" He puts the nail gun down and goes for her, and then she flees. So 
here's the thing. Obviously, you don't want this guy to be raping you. That's terrible. But if he's going to let you live and you just told him and he like actually put it down, a chance of living there. Although, of course, he could also nail gun you afterwards, which he probably would as well. But I felt like there was a moment where she could have kind of maybe got out of it and she she lost that moment. I um, thought so, too. And I thought if she had like reeled him in just a couple more seconds and then even enough where she could have grabbed the nail gun. Yeah. Like I was like, that would have been the play. Right. Is like use your feminine wiles, girl. You like that's your talent. That's what drew him in here. Clearly um, use it for a moment, but it's too late. And she she flipped too too quickly and she gets a nail gunned. Yeah, she gets nail gunned. Yeah, nail gun in the middle, and then uh, the it last shoots through her back. Yeah, so the nail shoots like through her whole center of her body. So you see her back, and there's like blood, and like the nail, the nail had gone through, like it hit the wall behind her, and then and then uh, nail uh, nail guns her in the forehead. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, and then her brains. She's sitting in front of that beautiful poster though of her. Um, so it's like poetic of her, like actually naked, like she is IRL. Flash to like her blood spatter on top of her beautiful like black and white picture of her on the wall. And then we get these weird flashes kind of of that first car accident of like her arm kind of doing the same motion. And um, the girl who died in the accident also had blood coming down from her forehead all the way down. So now she looks like the blood pattern is the same as that car accident. I was like, is he trying to recreate this car accident? Like, how is that connected? And I was just trying to figure it out in that moment, too. Yeah, it feels like every, he's connecting this with some, with this car accident, but we don't know how or why yet. Uh, so then the killer breaks into Lori's house, knocks her out. And you're like, ooh, Lori, you you were so cute and you're dead so quick. Uh, and then the is she dead? Eh, we'll find out. We don't know. But she also, Dr. Pe- like the, her diet Pepsi got knocked on the floor. So I love that that's the one clue is just yeah. like she's got like her brother comes home. She's gone. The only clue he has is her diet Pepsi's knocked over on the floor. And he's like, there's something amiss. He's like, but she's not like that, though, because she's like so precise as we got from the beginning that she's like not the one who would leave a mess. She's the one who's like cleaning up stuff and like she would knock over and just leave without a trace um, and just leave that Diet Pepsi on the floor like that without cleaning it up. So, yeah. So he's panicking because she's gone and doesn't know where she is. Uh, They find uh, Deanne, the redhead's body, and uh, now... So now they know the killer has struck again. So now Joey's like, well, clearly something's happening. My sister's gone. Can you please help me? Uh, and of course, the the police are not very helpful. Because they're like, yeah, because they're like, Useless. oh, she's 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 been missing for like, you know, a couple of hours. She's fine. She'll come back. You know, she's probably with a boyfriend. And they're like, she's a kid. She's with her boyfriend. They do all those like, you know, just qualifying like, oh, I'm sure she's he's like, no, she's like not like that. She's a good girl. She doesn't go do that. And he feels guilty and bad too. the brother, Joey, here, because his mom was like, you were supposed to be home with her. You weren't supposed to be out and about. And you know what's going on in our building and around here. And you left her like here alone while there's murders. And yeah. someone literally got murdered in the apartment right downstairs. And now she's missing. Uh-oh. Not great, yeah. brother. Yeah, that's very true. That's bad. That's it. That's his bad. Uh, so mm-hmm. he just ends up yelling at the police. If you don't find her, I will. And he's going to go on his on his one man quest. Uh, so then we meet Kent, who is played by Wesley Yur, and he is like, I feel like I've seen him in everything. Like he's so yes. like that face as like, you're like 70s dream boy in everything. So it was really cool to see him be like slightly creepy dream boy. And I was like, oh, here's a twist on it. I haven't seen him do, which is very. Oh, you were into it. You got well... a gleam in your eye, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I like he was like, there was something. He had that psychopathic look. Like he doesn't have right. the like cute boy I want to save look. He has the like right. 
oh, there's just something really, really fucking wrong with him. It's like a Billy Loomis from Scream where I'm like, oh, no, you're just psycho. Oh, but I think he's hot. So that's, I guess, where we diverge. So I find Billy Loomis and Stream very, very hot. Um, I'm a psycho, Matthew, yes. L- Matthew Lillard kind of girl, you know. But there's like, there's a difference between Billy Loomis and Norman Bates, right? Like Norman Bates is like the sweet, cute, like, yeah, we know, we know. We yeah. like. I mean, I'm not going to turn Billy Loomis down, but no, girl. Oh no. Just, there's a slightly there's a within the cute boy killer genre. There's even a split within there, right? Now you have cute sweet boy killer and cute psychopathic boy killer. Totally, totally different, different, different things in our hearts that we desire and want and enjoy. Look at that. So now the subgenre is split into further subgenres. Aren't it that clean? It's so, so grand. So Keith, yes. Kent is on cleanup duty for this apartment where he's just like, it's just a job. It's fine. I mean, look, it's like let's- my uncle Vance is going to pay me some money. I'm going to do this. It'll be easy. And Joe meets up with him. He's like, "Uh, really? Like, you really want to do this? Like, yeah, make some money. And he's like, he ropes him into it. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll do it too then. Because his Uncle Vance owns the building. So he's just going through the apartment and just looking, look, oh, this, he did this here. And look, oh, she fell against here. And oh, like he's like retracing the steps of the murder, which in one way you're like, okay, that's a pretty cool skill that you're able to do that. Uh, but he's doing it with a reverence. Like it's so, like, look how it's done. It's so beautiful. It's so artful. He's a little too into it. And it's really unsettling. Um, Joe does it, his cackles don't seem to go off like I feel like they should during that moment but it's also kind of like a little bit of that weird like boy kind of camaraderie like oh we're all oh, this stuff like are you tough enough to handle looking at this stuff like yeah that's where she like was killed and look at the blood on the wall look at that spatter mark and like they really investigate and kind of look at everything that they have to clean up um, and kind of you know make a plan for what they need because because they have to go he's assessing it because they have to go get supplies right. back at Uncle Vance's house to actually um, clean it all up. Um, so they're in Deanne's but, apartment and mm-hmm. they find uh, Joey finds her dildo and is like, hey man, check this out and throws it at Kent. Kent's like, oh my God, it's disgusting and like won't touch it. And I'm like, wait, wait, you were into all this blood and so fucking into it. And this dildo, you're like, Eef, no. And I was like, oh, okay. You're, there's something up with you, sir, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to be touching anybody else's dildo. Let's be fair. But also you're like, oh, but I'm not like disgusted by it. I'm just like, okay. It's just, I mean, it's just there under the bed or whatever. And, and, and I, I, anyway, I, I, you get that he's got more of a weird code probably of some sort of morality um, line, obviously that like, you know, sexy time is not okay, but violent seems just fine with this guy. Um, Yeah. So mom, Joe, mom, Joanne, Joey and, and um, Lori's mom goes to work like de- dejected and sad at her her bar called the late edition which i just loved that for it's like a newspaper like i'm reading the late edition i'll be like i'll be i'll be back home later uh-huh. um and she tries to go to work and because she can't be home she doesn't want to be home um because she can't stop thinking about Lorian and wondering if she's going to call there or anywhere she cries with her boss al like about like how bad she feels about it and she's really distraught about everything right now too so um, Kent and Joey go to Uncle Vance's house to go get tools to uh, clean up the place. And uh, we, we might see a very familiar toolbox in that, sh- in that garage. I'm like, oh, oh, I see. So then we, we find Uncle Vance. So they have a, a little thing with Uncle Vance. And Joey's like, mm, Uncle Vance, a little strange. Here we are. That's fine. So Uncle Vance is making a PB&J in the kitchen. Uh, with a really big knife. With a really big knife. And at first, and I was like, oh, the idea of this like big hulking man eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is kind of cute, but peanut butter and jelly sandwich is not for him. No, it's not for him at all. It's for Lori. He's got her tied up in his 
daughter, Kathy, which is Kent's cousin's old bedroom. So we find out now that we put the pieces together that the flash that we've been seeing from the beginning was um, his, it was Kathy. This is Vance's daughter. And he's definitely the murderer. <laughs> um, it already looked like him from the beginning. You're like, why did this guy? Because also the detectives are like, there was no forced entry in any of these apartments. Like really, there weren't no signs of like, except the only one was the cut chain, you know, at one of the apartments. Everything else was like too easy. So someone had to have access. Um, but the detectives are not smart enough to put this all together. But us as the audience, thank you, director, have, has <laughs> led us to this moment. And um, he talks with her and it's the most unsettling conversation ever about. And he starts calling her Kathy. And so she, her eyes are just, her wide-eyed terror is very well done like she mm -hmm. is terrified and he's like telling her she's prettier than you are and like all about Kathy and how um the women he's killed so far it's because they were doing unnatural things so you get that maybe some of them might have been a lesbian couple I think the first couple of girls because mm -hmm. there's never any guys around that apartment from what we understand the other lady Deanne that's the model lady the redhead was touching herself too much now you get like oh maybe that's why Kent was a little bit weird about that so he's got her gagged with lace. Yeah, it's like it's like he's, he's it's like a beautiful room, but it's like a little girl's room, and he has her in her night. Obviously, Kathy's nightgown, and then has her tied up, but has her tied up with ribbons. So it's like a very like he's trying to be gentle ribbons about and lace. it, as if mm -hmm. you know. So in his head, like he's being sweet to her, and he's like he brings her a lollipop, he's brushing her hair, and he's being very kind, but it's just horrifying. And yet, I mean. Shout out to Pamela Fredin, who spends a good amount of this movie just gagged on a bed and she kills it. Like she's so good and everything in her eyes, you can read it. And like all the confusion and the terror. And just trying to, cause she, you know, she's trying, like you can see her trying to figure out how to get out of there. Yeah. Like, what do I need to say to get him to untie me and get out of here? You can see her trying to figure that out, but he goes into like this whole diatribe about the Bible. And like, if something offends you, you have to cut it out, which is all Bible stuff for sure. And she's like, oh, he's a, just a, a super religious zealot. And he's also very, very sad. And um, that combination is just no bueno in this moment. He's basically um, like, you're, you get to, you're here now. Like, this is your life now is now you're my daughter and you're here. Um, so in her, the way she sees to get out of it is she starts calling him daddy and starts pretending that she is Kathy. Uh, and so they have this very creepy conversation where he's like, what is death like? What is dying like? What is the afterlife like? Uh, and she's like, you're in purple light something about purple going yeah, into purple dying's easy this hurts worse though yeah and talks about heaven being a purple place and flying around and no one can hear or see you and and then um but then he doesn't really think like what she's really saying and he gags her again and like stops the conversation so this Oof. movie is very interesting because you have these two very different movies within this film right you have all of the really gory murder stuff but then you have this which is just as unsettling where it's just this insane man keeping this girl and seemingly forever and she there really is no she doesn't say awake get out of it and how terrifying he is that he thinks he's doing this good thing and he thinks he's you know he's got this very uh this is supposedly uh by the way one of stephen king's favorite horror movies from what i hear um I and i was like that. i was like okay i see it right you have like the gore factor but you also have the like mental mind fuck factor and they're both in there married together quite nicely yeah, it's the broken person. Like, what is he? What do you do when you're at the end of your rope and you think you're doing the right thing? Like, it's that that type of thing where they these people, this murder has justified it because he's like, God told me this is like what I need to do, and this is how he's trying to cope with such a bad loss. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so Kent 
um, is kind of suspiciously around as well. And we're dealing with this detective who also doesn't really understand what's going on either. And they're still trying to put these pieces together. But Joey is finally getting wise. Um, Got to wise up. Mm-hmm. Joey, Joey. Um, he um, starts figuring out that, oh, wait, uh, all these pieces lead to Vance. And um, first Kent goes over and checks out the house. But then Joey goes over to the house after he gets his mom's car. And uh, he goes in goes through the garage. And go, yeah. Finds to get the, the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah, he wants to get that evidence. So he needs to get the evidence. So he goes, right. tries to get the toolbox. But before they'd used like some solvent and some other stuff because they were trying to like, you know, clean up the things and all the stuff that they were working on. But so they have like a big thing of solvent that's been like left out in the open. Uh oh, uh, that's mm-hmm. now going to be a murder weapon now too. everything in this garage is now potential <laughs> murder, basically. So Kent and Joe have a face. Joey have a face off um, and it is not go well for Joey. He ends up in a full body burn. Kent's doing some crazy tricks with his match matches out of his hand, just flicking them with his like fingers. Um, it's pretty cool. It looks badass. Actually, it's like a magician. Yeah. Um, and he's just flicking like fire on him though and um he throws solvent in his face and then sets him on fire and it's a no bueno in the garage yeah he does a really good psycho like he really i'm like oh he's twanged real hard like he's gone over the other side i don't think he's coming back the whole family is crazy you're like oh they all had a like equal and opposite like not opposite but equal reactions basically to kathy's death like you realize he's just as messed up about it too so now he finds out about Lori Kent does and so goes in and they have kind of a face off about that and they have uh, Kent and uh, Vance have this big argument because you know Vance is saying like my daughter's so pure and my daughter you know she would never do anything with any boys but then it turns out that oh actually maybe Kathy and Kent were having this kind of cousin incestuous kissing cousins kissing cousins I wrote real big on my notes kissing cousins (laughs) (laughs) but I couldn't tell if if he really that really was the truth that they really were having a, some sort of love thing or if he was just mind fucking raping his cut co- or raping his cousin or raping his cousin i hadn't think that i thought of like he's just trying what could he do to like rile him up and that would be the most like thing you could do to say like oh actually your daughter you thought was pure was actually sleeping around with just him though uh so pretty disgusting they have a face off they end up with like a bloody doll because she's he's had this baby doll that he set next to her that's just like She's not a baby. She's 15, but still like, oh, so gross. And like they end up like um, the baby doll ends up all bloody and tussled because Kent takes Vance out, uh, stabs him good. And And uh, he actually mm -hmm. runs into the knife. Like we think about like, like, oh, that's the joke, right? It's like, oh, he ran into the knife. And it's like, no, Vance actually runs into the knife. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, they get really bad. Um, And just i love that it's like murderer versus murderer and the big face off is just in a kitchen i like it yeah no it's beautiful and and um it it makes sense so i mean at least with these with these guys just for the anyway so the, he it doesn't make have sense this- but it makes sense sorry i'm just like oh <laughs> um they have this baby doll that you know gets all bloody during the murder of uh Kent cleans it off and goes back into Lori and Lori's like, Oh, untie me. And he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Untie you. Like, you know, and she's so excited. She's free because he's a friend and she thinks she's safe, but she's, she's also had a crush on him at some point we learned as well. So he, but uh, no, no, not safe. In fact, trigger warning kids assault about um, impending assault. He rapes her and it's awful. Mm -hmm. Um, And just assaults her. And then um, afterwards but, says, that's what being married's like. We're married, Lori. Like, Ugh. 
ooh, and she uh, looks pretty pretty fucked up just uh, as bad as she did earlier eyes wide-eyed like oh shit this is another level like you didn't think it could get worse like she's like i've had the worst week how can it get wor-? oh it just got worse and that's like the look on her face but we also get a little pan to some scissors that were next to the bed that he had just used to help cut off those uh band those uh the the bondage all the ties and stuff and uh so i love this cut it's just like you see the scissors and you're like oh okay it's on and then they she just... also finds out, yeah, that her brother was killed by him. Like, yes. she's like, you killed my brother and then you fucked me? Right. Uh, no. So we we, we just get we get the, her looking at the scissors and then it just cut to her walking home covered in blood, shell-shocked in a bloody nightgown through a parking lot. And you're like, and that's the end. You're like, wow. It reminded me of Frontiers. That, oh, like, yeah. I was like, yes, girl coming out all bloody in a white dress. Just walking in the San Fernando Valley in a beautiful San Fernando Valley parking lot with some scissors in hand. So there is a card after this movie that says it. Uh, it chef's act- kiss. That was me chef's kissing for chef's those kissing. at home. <laughs> see what I was doing. <laughs> uh, so there's the card at the end that says the events dramatized in this film actually took place in 1967. Laurie Ballard spent from 1967 until 1970 in a mental institution. In April 1974, Jamie ba- Joni- Joanne Ballard was killed in a single car accident in 1975. A lot of information here. Lori Ballard married. She and her husband now have one child and live in California in the San Fernando Valley, um, approximately four miles from where her brother, Vance Kent Kingsley, died. Um, I don't really know if that's true or not, but they're selling it for, for well, the Well, they movie. had their names in quotes because they changed the names of the people, of, of the other people, it looks like. Okay. To protect. I don't know. Uh, this movie, was, I, I liked it. It was cool. It, it, it was a very unique movie and kind of was two movies in one and both of them worked so i'd say right on to this movie um and i do you want to do some gore factor for us princess yeah i would love to do some gore factor for you because this was a gory one all right one not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two a puddle of blood three enough blood to gross out the average viewer four a bathtub of blood five bread for the bark bag uh, this, I think it counts as a five. There's some, uh, a lot of blood on the walls, lots of murders. And we go back and look at the blood again. Uh, and uh, their murders real fast, real quick and fast and furious. Not too fast and furious, but fast and furious. <laughs> uh, for movie ratings, we have Chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastic oracle. I gave this movie a four, not too shabby. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I thought it was a good one. And I would say uh, I would recommend it. I also gave this movie a four jewels um, and I thought it was pretty great. It was actually 4.5 for gore. I think we've, what we really had. It's Let's not Hellraiser bad. Let's, it's uh, a five uh, after we talked about it though. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I feel, I feel okay. Giving it a five too. It's pretty brutal. Um, especially for that ending and everything too. Um, when you running through the knife. Uh, sweet. He ran into bloody. my knife 10 times. Ten times. <laughs> he had it coming. We always come back to candor and ebb. Okay. Um, <laughs> So uh, so next week, we're going to be talking about a movie. Again, uh, neither one of us have seen. This movie's from 1972. It has two titles because two is better than one. You can call it Raw Meat or you can call it Deathline. Either one will work. And we like them both. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, we love talking about horror movies, as you can tell, and talking to you. We love hearing from you from our listeners. So please talk to us on our website. Our website. We do have a website. Uh, we do, also, but you can talk to us on all the social media. All it's the social media. easier than the website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a Teespring store. You can be our Patreon, which means you get special little goodies every month and you get to get access early to our episodes. 
And I love talking horror with you, Terry Gamble. Julia Marquesi, I love talking horror with you too. You want to do it again next week? Okay. Okay, that sounds great. We'll see you then, you guys, for some raw meat or some deadline. Oh my God, it's British. Either way, I love it. All right, <laughs> in it, yeah. All right, bye.